This is a special election preview edition of Bonjour Chai. I'm Avi Feingold in Montreal, and I'm here with Alana Zakon, who is somewhere between Vancouver and Toronto uh, on her mass uh, pilgrimage back east. Uh, we are your frozen chosen. Federal election season is in full swing, and we thought we'd do a preview of what to look forward to with the CJN's Josh Liebline. Josh is a longtime election worker and has worked on elections at all levels of government. And when he is not talking about elections, he is a pharmacist in Kitchener, Ontario. Josh, thanks for coming on. Pleasure to be here. Josh, why don't you start us off and tell us um, what are the big stories so far in the election uh, in general and as specifically relates to the Jewish community? Well, what are the big issues? That kind of depends on your viewpoint, uh, how interested you are in this election. If you're very interested, the big story today was that Peterborough MP Marion Monsef referred to the Taliban as her brothers. And of course, this blew up all over Twitter and there's lots of opinions about what this means for liberals' re-election hopes. If you're an average uh, person, who doesn't pay attention to this kind of stuff. You're just kind of uh, throwing your hands up and going, what the heck's going on with all of this election stuff? Because um, it's the summer. Not a lot of people are paying attention, uh, fortunately or unfortunately. So the parties are kind of making a lot of promises that kind of can't, aren't catching on with the general public. Um, we can get into specific things that are happening in the election, but it's just a lot of stuff out there. As far as, as, far as uh, issues pertaining to the Jewish community, um, we, the CJ just released their uh, election guide, which is pretty much a lot more of the same, the same things you've come to expect from us. And there hasn't been one specific Jewish issue that has taken over the campaign just yet. Of course, there have been some very disconcerting and uh, scary reports of uh, synagogue vandalism. So, um, as always, uh, anti-Semitism is an election issue, and we've had the usual condemnations and declarations from the various party leaders. How far that goes is anyone's guess. Do you have any predictions, based on your experiences as a pundit and the work that you've done, uh, what are your predictions in regards to the Jewish community's vote? Let's say in the major cities in Canada, where do you think things are going? Honestly, I'm not th seeing any major movement in the various parties. So I think that we could, uh, if, unless the liberals pull the nose up, they could lose a few seats. But we're not, uh, since the parties are kind of neck and neck, that doesn't really bode for a big shift here or there or anywhere. There are a lot, There is a lot of anger out there and there is a lot of confusion over why the government called this, uh, why the Trudeau government called this election. Uh, which is well known, but I don't see a whole lot of movement in many of the Jewish writings. A lot of them, unless barring something major, we could see uh, Thornhill staying blue, a lot of the other uh, major Jewish writings staying red, um, possibly a few um, uh, breakthroughs for the NDP and the Greens, because Jagmeet Singh is having a pretty good campaign, and um, for example, where I'm, where I'm living, the Green MP, uh, the Green Canada is doing pretty well. It's got a lot of signs up, but that's more of a local thing. So really, it's um, every person for themselves right now. Because there's not any real um, trend line that anyone can point to with any degree of certainty. You've got your partisans saying this is going to happen, that's going to happen. You've got people saying Trudeau's in uh, desperation mode and he's going downhill. You've got people saying Aaron O'Toole is talking as being uh, forced into a wedge on abortion. You've got people saying that the NDP's vote is going to break as soon as people think that the conservatives are coming up. So everybody's kind of just taking this election and running with it and putting uh, sticking into their partisan narrative generators. Right. And what do you think are the main issues that Jewish Canadians are focusing on this year? You mentioned anti-Semitism. Are there any other major issues? 
I would imagine Israel might be one of the major deciding factors and usually is for Jewish Canadian voters. Is there anything else that you're seeing? In the early going, there was talk about how Aaron O'Toole was going to be bringing up Jerusalem becoming um, the capital of Israel and Canada, recognizing that as an election issue. But that got lost in the shuffle over, I mean, if it... This is if that's something that's going to move your vote. Chances are you're already going to know uh, you're already voting for the conservatives. It's very not going. It's not going to move a whole lot of votes one way or another. I feel. Um, as far as uh, really, what I'm trying to do in my role as CJ and uh, election pundit is try to explain what the Jewish community could learn from this election and try to understand elections as I've come to understand them after working on them for 15 uh, for as long as I have. And that involves understanding what polling is all about, why certain candidates are likely to win, like what, um, what, how elections can kind of get locked into their narratives. And what I'm trying to do through my coverage is sort of educate the Jewish community about general political trends, things to look for. A more uh, in- informed community is a safer community. And that's the approach I'm bringing because, like I said, we don't really have some issue the Jewish community can lock itself into and really take it. Uh, any further than their own uh, passing interest or intense interest in politics. So what I'm hoping is that this, since we don't have some is- an issue that the Jew that uh, that uh, that uh, all the Jew- the Jewish community um, one single issue that is appealing to them, and it's not a Jewish issue campaign. In fact, that's actually a good thing. The last Jewish issue campaign I can think of uh, was um, 2007 in Ontario, where everything was all about faith-based schools and. The, uh, the less I think that the general elect tenor of the election campaign is talking about Jewish issues, the better. This, that's just my viewpoint. Because then you'll have to explain to people um, – the the, most people are not thinking about Jewish issues in the campaign. Like uh, we, we make up a very small portion of the voting uh, block in Canada. So – and not only that, Jews don't vote as a group. I mean, uh, we were talking, for example, about the election falling on Shmini Atzeret and uh, – or on the last day of Sukkot, I'm sorry. Uh, last time it was Shmini First day of Sukkot this year. First, yeah. first day of Sukkot, my <laughs> apologies. Now, again, not many uh, – the, the government understands that not many Jews are um, – There's some Jews think that's very important. Some uh, some Jews celebrate uh, Sukkot and, t- and use it as a Yom Tov, but some people just celebrate the big two major holidays. So like I said, it's not really an issue that – that the Jewish community is of one mind on, and that's a good thing. So um, I'm thinking that instead of having to explain to the Jew- to the wider community why it's important that, um, like, if, if for example, the church burning, the issue of church burnings in BC, if that had become a major issue, we would have had to uh, talk about why funding for security at synagogues is a big deal, and have to explain that to everybody. And uh, we don't really have to do that. So it's more of an option, an opportunity, I, I would say, for anyone who's really interested in this campaign to take a look at what the party leaders are actually saying and just understand how elections tend to go in this country and sort of get an understanding of what we uh, and draw your own conclusions as not just Jews, but as Canadian voters as to which of the party leaders appeal to you as opposed to voting uh, based on what this, this party leader says on Israel or this party says on uh, leader says on uh, funding for uh, moving the, the capital of... Uh, Look, it sounds like they're really, like you said, that there aren't that many quote-unquote Jewish issues, but in reality that there should be more issues that Jews should be paying attention to because it affects them as Jews. Absolutely. What are some of those issues that aren't so obvious in terms of like foreign policy in the Middle East? Because this is something I care about a lot, right? I I worry all the time that Jews have become single-issue voters, and it's whatever the party says and whatever my perception is of the party vis-a-vis Israel or vis-a-vis anti-Semitism, that's how I'm going to vote. And uh, we can get onto that in a second, but but ultimately, I think that there's a real 
like plethora of issues that do affect Jews in Canada, right? So for example, security, right, that you you just brought up. I think climate is a Jewish Canadian issue. I think indigenous rights is a Jewish Canadian issue because, you know, the way in which Canada deals with its original minority is going to be the way in which it deals. Well, actually, they were not the original minority. We were the original minority, right? <laughs> they, they, right. they are now the minority, but they were in the majority. Um, but but how that affects and that how that is how things get affected by, you know, by other minorities. So what are some of those issues in this specific election that you think Jews should be paying more attention to as Jews? Well, the big um, issue where the, the governments or the parties are trying to differentiate themselves are on cost of living issues because with inflation, with everything after the pandemic, um, uh, people like myself who are trying to afford, trying to buy a house, don't know if we can afford that. Just the sort of issues that uh, used to we used to take for granted um, that our children and our children's children were going to be able to afford afford, afford houses and uh, be able to make lives for ourselves and raise uh, raise families. Uh, the conservatives come up with um, quite a bit about that in their platforms, and the liberals are trying to uh, talk about housing's bill of rights and things like that too. So right now, the parties are all trying to um, gain vote, gain attraction in the in the, in uh, all across Canada as far as things for, uh, as far as uh, their housing plan and cost of living issues. And it's really good. The, the problem with uh, the, that the liberals haven't really released their platform yet, so we don't know the details of their platform and what they're going to do just yet. So this is why the election hasn't really caught fire amongst people. Um, I would encourage people to take a more of a deep look into the conservative platform because it's a quite a lot. It's a very big document. Not a lot of people have really looked all that deeply into it. Um, so right now, before all the parties have really come out with all of their uh, particular platforms, it's very hard for me to boil it down to one thing. This is one of the challenges in elections where I want, where I have to break it down to a soundbite. And I could go through the platform and uh, I could refer, I could, um, like my friend Brent Ben Woodfine, for example, on his Substack, the Dominion, has gone and talked about how the conservatives are really trying to do more of a uh, blue-collar conservatism and talk about issues that are affiliated with people who are below the poverty line. I know that's a very under-talked about issue, in, not a very well-talked about issue in the Jewish community, but um, he has done a bit of a breakdown there, but that's because he's one of these policy guys. And this really hasn't filtered down and trickled down to uh, your average voter just yet. As well it should. Yes, as well it should. So there's very much a... Uh, when I'm, when I'm talking here, I might not be uh, as clear as I'd like as far as dis distinguishing the parties for quite a few reasons, and uh, this is why it's very difficult for uh, people to have made their minds up yet, and that's why the polls are the way they are. That's why they're neck and neck. Um, the NDP will try to get people's attention with policies like, uh, we want to rename this particular riding after Jack Layton. Um, so there's a very big disconnect between the issues that people want to hear about and the issues that, and the, what's, what's actually trickling through. So there's just a ton of stuff flying back and forth, and um, there's a good reason why uh, we want to break these this uh, this campaign down to Jewish issues and just have a quick uh, uh, have people vote one way or the other. So it really is um, something that requires a lot more careful looking through the platforms, and then we're not even sure if the the part the, they're going to implement everything that they say they're going to implement. So there are a lot of factors that I. So I understand uh, the, uh, your, in your, your, your um, desire to talk about climate as a Jewish issue, but how that translates to the average voter, there's a lot of factors that make it very confusing. Now, unfortunately, I can't really break down for you in the short time that we have. Well, we'll hopefully have more time in future weeks to, to break that down. Um, if I can pivot quickly, um, 
to, you know, I've always perceived, and I think that that's the general perception, and maybe you can help us think about that really briefly in the few minutes left that we have left. Um, there's no such thing as a swing voter in the Jewish community anymore. Definitely not in Canada. Is that is that really true? Or um, do we think that there are a lot of members of the Jewish community that uh, are you know, open to being, you know, having their mind changed vis-a-vis one, you know, red versus blue. Oh, absolutely. Because let's be honest, there's really not that many. I've seen, okay. I've seen it happen. Tell us, tell us more about that. Well, first of all, there are a lot of Jews who are, um, who don't, ha- who feel rejected or don't, because of what I was saying before, don't feel connected to any party. Um, this is a problem that CJPAC has uh, every election. They're constantly looking for election for for volunteers or looking to find people who don't really know which party they speak for, and they try to get them connected to the parties and try. But it's never really a one to one match. Um, I find that a lot of Jews, like we talk about, like we talk about Thornhill as a blue riding, but there are plenty of uh, of Jews in Thornhill that move their vote around, and, and it's not it's not something that can be taken for granted. Again, Jewish voters are a lot like all other voters in this country. Where you cannot look at them as a homogenized block. Um, treating vote, treating groups as they all vote one way based on one thing isn't. That's not the case. As far as we have plenty of writings where where more Jews or more where more Jews voted for Stephen Harper based on a lot of factors, and then when Justin Trudeau became prime minister, more Jews voted for him. So it's a little. It, I would I would caution against ever thinking that there are no swing voters because if a campaign, if a campaign catches fire, if uh, things start to happen, if, if it starts to look like one of the parties is going off the cliff or says something that tanks their, their, um, their electoral hopes, only the real diehards, only the real hardcore partisans, and you'll know that uh, only they are going to be voting for their party of choice. So I think there's a lot of volatility out there. I think there's a lot of Jewish votes and all kinds of votes up for grabs. So I would caution against saying all the Jews are going to vote this way or that way. And I think you can see that with the split of the election votes and the numbers right now. No one really is sure who they're voting for unless, uh, I mean, you see the loudest voices in the room, but that really uh, ignores a lot of people in the community who don't have as loud voices. Right. Yeah. And for younger voters, I know that when I became a voting age many years ago, I wasn't super politically aware. So if we have any younger listeners, do you have any suggestions of good resources for them to look at? I know I use the voting compass online when I'm feeling mm-hmm. confused every few years. Are there any other resources like that that you would recommend? Honestly, there are a ton of election influencers, people on YouTube. Um, honestly, it really, it, I would say that if you are a young person who this is your first election, you're not sure who to vote for, find someone who you trust. Find that one person who you know who's really plugged in politically and talk to them. And don't feel scared to ask them your questions and understand what, and just and you may be starting from nowhere. You may not even know which who the leader of the Conservative Party is. And again, that's a lot of people who are who have been voting for a lot of elections. So I would just find the one person who you trust, someone who you know who understands a lot about politics, and start from there and keep asking them questions. The worst thing is uh, if you just take what they say at face value. Um, the, again, the way we get more of an informed po- uh, populace where we don't have these elections where people are trying to talk about issues and not quite getting through is when people continue to ask questions of the government. And that's what a lot of the candidates, uh, you may be surprised here, are waiting for. They're waiting for people who don't know what's going on with the election to approach them. Talk to your local candidates and see how you feel about them, what sort of uh, impressions you get from them. This is really, um, and it's something that happens a lot in Canadian elections relative to other uh, to Amer- to the United States elections, people just kind of want the government to come to them. They don't go to their MPs, to their elected officials, and really make their voices heard. And 
when I'm sitting on campaigns and I don't really hear from uh, a lot of people, I wonder where are all the voters? So it's really a kind of a people sitting around waiting for people to make the, the first move. So there's no wrong way to learn about politics and elections. Whatever, start from wherever you are, find someone you trust, talk to your candidates and go from there. There's no one way. Excellent. One last uh, point before we wrap up. If you can give us your, uh, who is your dark horse uh, Jewish candidate or what's the uh, the one race to watch in the Jewish community um, for the next little while, um, what, what should we keep our eye on? Okay, well, I wouldn't count out Avi Lewis over in BC. The riding that he's in is an extremely long uh, name involving sea to sky, ski to sky in Sunshine County, and I'm probably going to wildly butcher it because I haven't actually been to BC in quite a while. But uh, he is running in what's thought to be a very safe liberal riding, and I would not count him out. Like I talked about a few ridings that could move uh, into the NDP camp because Jagmeet Singh has had a pretty good campaign, and typically when the two parties are slugging it out and the NDP is kind of shrugging their shoulders and saying, well, folks, this is what you get if you pick one of the two big parties. Um, I wouldn't count him out, even though it's a very uh, dark horse, as Avi said, it's a very long shot, but the NDP specialize in long shots. And I would recommend you check out my latest for the uh, CJN, where I talk about how the NDP is able to catch this momentum and kind of leave the other two parties uh, standing with their mouths open, hanging open. So I'm, I'm, uh, I keep an eye on Avi in BC. I always like to keep an eye on Avi. Everyone does. Josh, uh, thanks for coming on. Guys, if you like what you heard, Josh will be joining us every week until the election to give us the rundown on the stories, the candidates, and all the other good that comes with choosing our Canadian leaders. Thank you for listening to Bonjour Chai for Thursday, August 25th. Our producer is Michael Freeman. Technical production is by Andre Goulet. Our music is by SoCalled. We are a project of the Jewish Living Lab and are distributed by the CJN Podcast Network. Subscribe on Apple, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts. Please leave a comment and a rating on the platform of your choice and let us know what you think about our discussions on the CJN Lounge on Facebook. I'm Avi Feingold. And I'm Ilana Zakon. 